Hey, you guys, I'm Kayla and I'm Kelly from Wildfire, and you're listening to Stay Tuned with Troy and Howie. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Stay Tuned with Troy and Howie. Please like us on Facebook where you can click the anchor link to leave us a voicemail. You can follow us on Twitter at StayTunedTNH. You can even email the show at StayTunedTNH at gmail.com. You can find our merchandise at tchip.com and by searching Stay Tuned. A big thank you to Jesus Perez for helping to set that up for us. And if you need any artistic help, you can look him up on Facebook at Ace in the Hole Signs and Graphics or Dirty Baby Original. And his website is aceintheholesigns.com. We are available on all major podcast platforms, including Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. So please make sure to share, subscribe, rate, and review. We appreciate your support. Now, let's get into the show. So, today I got hit in the head with a can of Coke. I am so glad it was a soft drink. Another week of Stay Tuned with Troy and Howie. And by the way, I forgot to mention, uh, Troy, last week's show was show number 50 for the year. Was it really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, so two more shows for the year, huh? Yep. And I think we're approaching uh, in the 80 plus range. So we're getting close to number 100. We got to keep an eye on that and kind of add that up. Um, you know, and now we had another segment here with our joke of the week. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Um, so if our Coke, uh, if, if uh, Coca-Cola Corporation is listening in any way, shape, or form, and you want to sponsor the um, this week's joke of the week, we are more than happy to uh, edit your uh, commercial in here. Yeah, I mean, we can work out a deal with them. I think. Oh. I, I mean, I'd, I'd be open. Yeah. Six figures. I don't see why that would be too much to ask for. <laughs> uh, you know, um, hey, getting into the show this week, uh, we got the interview coming up with Brian Herr, uh, Data Monster Customs. Yeah. And uh, you, can, you can find him on Instagram at Data Monster, on Etsy at Data Monster Customs, and uh, on YouTube, Data Monster. He does some uh, live uh, shows and stuff on there. Uh, he's on Facebook at Data Monster as well. And, um, yeah, you can, you can hear about his, his custom Funko Pops that he does. Um, and how about um, with his daughter with the uh, – I'm going to try to say this properly, Howie. I think it's Lorango Malaysia, I think is the proper pronunciation. I think that's right. And, uh, um, but you'll hear about what that is and uh, how common it actually is, and we don't even know it. I know. Um, I know. So – um, yeah, it was good to hear from Brian and good to hear kind of his life story and, uh, his journey and, uh, what got him into this position and that he's, he's doing well where he is mm-hmm. now. So good for him. Now I'm curious, um, how likely, like if you were to get one of those, uh, figurine, what do you, what, do, what would you call mm-hmm. them? Are they called figurines or 
figures, I guess you could say. Okay. Yeah. Um, like the big yeah. head figures. I don't even know mm -hmm. how you would describe them. Uh, but if you were to get one of your choice, what do you think you would get? Would you get a Troy dressed up as a Buffalo Bill? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd go that route. Okay. Um, you, my favorite athlete to this day, as odd as this is going to sound, because I'm not as big of a hockey fan as I once was, but my favorite athlete to this day is still probably Dominic Hoshik. Okay. So I can, I can see myself getting a Dominic Hoshik pop. Ah, um, there you go. Yeah. I think something like that would be fun. Yeah, um, yeah. Back when when they were in their heyday, when they had the uh, the red and black jerseys with the uh, the big buffalo head on the front, mm -hmm. and, uh, buffalo fans will call them the goat head jerseys because uh, <laughs> it did kind of look like a big goat head instead of a buffalo. Yeah, they did. Um, uh, but I, I love those jerseys, um, and I the team was was good in that time frame too. So um, mm -hmm. in all reality, I wouldn't mind seeing it go back to that. So that would probably be something I would pick. What what, what do you think you'd do with Howie? Uh, you know what? I was kind of in a weird way. I want to check to see, um, what, what he would do in regards to having like you and I with a stay tuned logo in the background of some sort. Uh, maybe like a, like a broadcasting desk or something. Yeah. Or... Yeah. Like with a microphone, maybe we're holding a microphone <laughs> or something. I don't know. Yeah. I thought it'd be kind of cool to see that and see how that works. But, um, that, that is a good idea. Yeah. I thought so. And, uh, you know, we can, I don't know, he can put us in, you can put him, you and your Buffalo Bills or, you know, Hassock jersey, I don't know. Um, mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, and if you're going to be in a hockey jersey, I guess I'll put a Mario Lemieux on mine. You know, that's that's the first jersey I've ever bought. It's funny you say that, but I, I actually bought a Dominic Hossack replica jersey. Like, Did you uh, really? Yeah, the actually sewn on one wow. with the numbers and the name and everything, yep. Okay. First jersey I ever bought. Yep. Okay. And I think I mentioned so, what my first jersey was. I don't know if you remember. It's, it's not a common name player, but he was a Pittsburgh was it, Steeler. Was it a Pat? Was it? A, oh, it was a Steeler. Okay. No, I thought it was the one catcher for the Pirates or something. Oh, was, no, no, no. Um, no, uh, if I were to get any Pirates back, in, it would be Clemente. I have a couple of Clemente Sure, jerseys. of course. Yeah. Um, but um, no, it would have oh. been. Yeah, it ahead. was um oh hang on i do remember you telling me number now. 83 miller no not not Heath miller, no, Heath miller. I, oh you're thinking heath miller louis lips louis lips yes yep. louis lips one of yep. my favorite okay, I do. yep one of my favorite old timers as a as a kid growing up watching louis lips play and unfortunately he didn't have a good quarterback throwing to him you know no. it was either mark malone or uh, bubby brister <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. They kind of went with a little bit of a stretch here without reaching the playoffs. If I'm not mistaken, right? In the uh, yeah, in the early. Well, when Bubby Brister was a quarterback, they always made the playoffs. Did they really? Yeah, but they never. But they never went like deep into the playoffs. You know, well, I'm just trying to think back because that's when they would have been in the AFC Central and and um, in that in that Houston 80s time Oilers. frame. Since, Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Houston were all really tough. Oh my gosh, yeah. They I mean, really, they had a good division back in the day. I mean, Cleveland, yeah, Cleveland more the late 80s. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, they had the Bernie Coast. Well, in fact, there was a stretch of time where the quarterbacks in the AFC Central were Bubby, Boomer, Warren Moon, Bernie. and Bernie. Yeah. <laughs> Bubby yeah. Boomer, 
Bernie. And Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess Bernie was like, um, is he originally from the Cleveland area or something? Because he was like a hero to them for a long time. Well, I mean, he did take them deep into the playoffs. They always lost to Denver. Yeah. Um, trying to think, where did he play his college? Oh, he played at University of Miami. Yeah, yeah because Miami. they played it. They played against Penn State in the national championship I, game. Did they not? I believe you're right. I think. Um, if I, if I got my time frames here right, I think he came after Kelly left, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. I think so. Yeah. So that would have probably been like 84, 5-ish when he uh-huh. went to Cleveland, maybe. Okay. Am I, am I in the right area? I think, I think so. I think so. I don't um, know. I know Penn State won the national championship in 86, I want to say. Okay. There you go. Uh, so that would make sense. So, okay, so about probably about eighty six is when, Bur- when Bernie probably started his career then, mm-hmm. and, then and then he had a nice little um, career as a backup too. Then honestly, uh, I mean, he went a bunch of different places to back up. I know he was in Dallas even for a while. Yeah, uh, I think he was backing up uh, Troy, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So, um, huh? Yeah, but anyway, um, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, side shocker. Track again. <laughs> Getting back to Brian. Um, yeah. You know, he, um, you know, with these custom Funko Pops that he does, I mean, and you'll see, you can also check out the video on YouTube, by the way. Mm-hmm. He actually shows us some of the, the things that he does and uh, yeah, really impressive. So um, be sure to check him out. Like I said, on Instagram, Data Monster, uh, YouTube, Facebook, he's there as well. And then on Etsy, which is where he does probably the majority of his, uh, his, uh, purchases and and uh and sales is uh data monster customs mm-hmm. so if you put that in your google machine as he says you'll be able to find him <laughs> and uh he says they they probably start about 125 dollars, but you know the more you buy in quantity you know obviously you start throwing some discounts and stuff in there yeah um and uh you know for for the work that he does even making the boxes as you're going to find out um the turnaround to get them to you isn't long at all no um, no, you know, for as much work as he's putting into it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really impressive work that he's doing. Um, so uh, please look him up and um, let him know you heard it here. On stay tuned with Troy and Howie. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. So I guess with that being said, you know what? Why don't we uh, listen to the interview and uh, and we'll uh, listen to uh, Mister Her and in uh, a few uh, after a few messages. Hey all, what's up? This is Brian from Data Monster Customs. Are you looking for that unique gift for your spouse, sibling, child, boss, or anyone for every occasion? Well, we do one-of-a-kind personalized figures. Check us out on Instagram at Data Monster, that's D-A-D-D-A-M-O-N-S-T-E-R, or just put Data Monster into the Google machine and check out everything we can do for you. Once again, this is Brian for Data Monster Customs. All right, and here we are, another guest on Stay Tuned with Troy and Howie, and we got uh, an old friend from high school, uh, Brian Herr from Data Monster Customs. And Brian, thanks for joining us today. Thank you guys for having me today. Yeah. So um, welcome. Let's get in. Let's get into your business venture here. So sure. um, 
Uh, first, let's say you can find you on Instagram at Data Monster um, and on Etsy at that. If I, I just searched in Data Monster Customs, it came up for me. Yeah. Um, you, you have your own YouTube channel, Data Monster, there as well. Yeah. Um, so you do custom pops uh, at this point and open your avenue for more things at, at you know in the future. Uh, but tell us kind of um, how this got started and how well, you got this idea and, well, first and of all, what you're what, up to now. What, okay. what is pops, number one? Well, okay. you know, I, I have an example, um, right. but I'll show you as I talk about it also. All right, awesome. <laughs> this week's throwing a, you know, no picture if the people can't see it, right? <laughs> um, but uh, what it is, is it's based off pop culture. So you have a lot of different, um, everything from movies, music, TV, uh, anime, cartoons, everything. Um, so, so when I started doing it, I thought I'd be doing more of... Uh, Franchises that haven't been made yet. I thought it would be more of that, uh, musicians and stuff, but it turns out people wanted more of their uncles, aunts, brothers, cousins, sister, you know, boss. Um, I did a whole high school graduating class before. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's been all, it's not what I expected, but it's been great for me and I've loved doing it. I love the messages I get from people. I've delivered two in person. Um, three in person, actually, um, just did one today. Um, uh, but it's to see the look on people's faces when I do it. It's great. I love it. That is so cool. Um, yeah. So, so we were looking at the one you showed us was, uh, the actual tiger King. Yeah. Which, no, exotic. <laughs> yep. That's the first one. This is my Scrooge McDuck lucky dime. It's the first one I ever did. Oh, okay. Oh, really? So, yep. And, so that one will never leave my collection. Oh wow! And you actually create the uh, the packaging too for this. Yep, I do. Okay. Now, when people place an order, I will ask them. You know, I have a whole template I send them uh, to find out what pictures they want on it, what title, what name. Um, you know, people will often send me stuff, and I'll be like, "Okay, this is great, but I have to crop this. Are you okay with this being the image?" Uh, so it's it's a learning process for me as well as them. Um, I'm new to Photoshop, never touched Photoshop before I started doing this. So what used to take me hours now takes me about 15 minutes uh, to do a box. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's been a great learning curve and I love doing it. You know, before we started recording, you were saying that you're not an artist, but I'll tell you what the artwork on that box, I don't know how you do it. Is it via the computer or is it like, what are you doing that you can create like, such a professional looking like store made box. Well, I created the template. So once the template was created on Photoshop, I then fill in the boxes with uh, stuff that's able to be used online. So you have to look for things that are uh, out there for the general public to use. So I don't want any kind of, you know, I use somebody else's artwork. I will not use other artists work. It's just, you know, I don't believe in it. Um, so that's that's tough to find, but then it's finding stuff that you can use and using it to your advantage, I guess, is the best way to put it. So, you know, like I just basically Googled, you know, like a tiger skin. Oh, I see. You know, and then I take pictures of the pop and then put them, you know, a typical <laughs> pop, a real, or I guess a real pop as you would call it. You know, they the pictures are the same way. People know what to expect. It's just I take it a little bit further. Okay. And, doing uh like i call them bravado boxes so people that have pops that already exist i will make boxes for them that aren't your typical pop boxes like i made a bryce harper you know with the mvp huh oh, wow. 
So that's a pretty current one there. <laughs> so it, it's just, I, I enjoy doing kinds of art and it just takes it a little step further, which is what I enjoy. Probably we should, you know, be held to put inside a box as okay. so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> so you started there with the Joe exotic one. And of course yeah. we all know that got really popular during quarantine there uh, when yeah. the pandemic started. Um, so that kind of gives us a benchmark on when you started this whole journey. That is um, so as, as I stated before, we kind of described what the pops were. What started this journey for you, Brian? Uh, I have worked with a retail company for 12 years. Um, I've moved all over between the Philadelphia area, uh, local area, which is like the Hershey, Palmyra, Lebanon area. And my store was closing, not because of COVID, but I didn't get another position because of COVID. Um, tons of stores closed. So my wife goes, well, I knew I was going to be off for a while regardless, just because of COVID. So my wife goes, well, you used to create uh, wrestling figures back. In, I mean, this is 20 years ago, you know. <laughs> so I, she's like, why don't you try doing that? Pops, you talked about doing it before. I said, you know what? I'm just going to do it for fun. So I made the Joe Exotic, and then I made uh, the lead singer of the band Brand New. I'm a big fan of the band Brand New. Jesse Lacey, I made one of him. And then I started posting it on my Instagram, and then people would message me like, oh, can you do that for me? Can you can you make one of this? Can you make it? So it just started, and then I started, you know, a little bit pushing it more and more. I made an M&M one. Um, so more and more I started pushing it, and then people started messaging me to get ones made, you know, family members or, you know, whoever. Now, any of these famous people that you made these pops from, have you ever reached out to them, and have they ever responded to you in regards to what you've made? So uh, there's a couple, I've made a couple famous people. Um, the big ones were Jordan Fisher, which is, he's on The Flash now. Uh, I'm trying to think what shows he was on. I made one of him um, that he tweeted it out on Twitter. Huh. Um, the Jeffrey Dean Morgan from, you know, Negan from Walking Dead. Uh, his publicist reached out to me. She wanted one made of him dressed as Thomas Wayne. <laughs> Because he wanted to play Thomas Wayne in the Batman Flashpoint, where he becomes Batman rather than Bruce becomes Batman. Oh. Um, so she's like, he wants one done. So she actually gave it to him and sent me like a picture of him with it and you know a message from him. Um, the creator, not creator, uh, Broadway created Umbrella Academy, but the guy who, the showrunner for it, the guy who makes it, uh, Steve Blackman, not the one from wrestling, which is very important to note. Um, his, one of his people reached out to me to get one made of him in the uh, Umbrella Academy style box, which I did, and then he put it on his Instagram. So, I mean, like, I've had a lot of luck where people have reached out to me. There was a Peloton, Selena Samuela, she's like one of the biggest Peloton people. She posted on her Instagram, and all of a sudden her followers were reaching out to me. Wow. You know, hey, can we get one made? Can we get one made? So, it, I've lucked out. And then even people on YouTube that aren't necessarily word of mouth famous, like when uh, there's a woman called Miss Crochet and Coffee. She has like 50,000 subscribers on YouTube. And she follows my wife. And she was in one of her lives. And she's like, what does he do? And she's like, can he make one of me? And she put it on her What You Got Wednesday. And, and she's since become a friend of mine, too. So, mm-hmm. okay. um, But she put it on What You Got Wednesday. And people were I, my inbox blew up like oh, oh wow yeah so and that was you know it's just people it, it, even though she does like crafting like crochet um and diamond painting 
but we're all crafters. You know, we are, mm-hmm. you know, we're artists, crafters. And so, you know, it still reaches out to the same type of clientele that I, you know, mostly go with. So, huh. So if somebody wanted to get one made of themselves, what exactly would they have to send you uh, picture wise or like, would they I have to do people, like a 360 or? No, no, no. <laughs> so when it comes to pops, they're not terribly um, specific, you know, like, uh, you know, you, you get a hairstyle right or you get a beard right or, um, you know, glasses, stuff like that, stuff that is a telltale sign. Um, but what I tell people is send me as many pictures of the person as you want made. I prefer like five or six. Okay. Just because nobody looks the same in one picture. Right. Um, and then it's always what outfit do you want them in? If you don't have a picture of the outfit, send me like a Google screenshot of this is the t-shirt I want them in. This is the pants. This is the shoes. Um, I've had people be like, can you do our Jordans? I'm like, which ones? Yeah, you know, and then they'll send me a picture of the Jordans, or I get a lot of Jordans and Yeezys. So, you know, can you put them in Yeezys? And I'm like, I will do my best. So, wow. oh, that's funny. I got some Crocs, Brian. Yeah, I I did Crocs for a minute. <laughs> yep, he has a YouTube channel, and he had it up, uh, put it on his YouTube channel, and like, like I had the same thing. I had his fans like messaging me, and be like, oh my god, this is awesome, and I'm like. You know, I, I, yeah, when his producer messaged me, she's like, "Can you do Crocs?" And I'm like, "I sure as heck will try." So I did. <laughs> it's, da- it's Dad's new blue Crocs. So it's Dad's new New Balances. <laughs> yeah, it right. <laughs> What's the material made out of? So I I use the vinyl plastic that they use, um, but I also use uh, Sculpey. So okay. um, Sculpey can be very good as long as it's on a firm base like you don't want to make thin strands of sculpey and try to send it across the country <laughs> it's not gonna work right um so i use i frankenstein a lot of parts together um i actually have used you know i use heads from one bodies from another <laughs> legs legs of a different one uh current one i'm working on this one even right here <laughs> um, it has, you know, it's sculpy all over, but it's actually four different pops just in the body. Yeah. So, you know, I use whatever parts I can, you know, I dream it up in my head and I go from there. So, wow. and it's one of those things when the woman messaged me about making that for her daughter, I was like, she sent me pictures and I'm like, Oh my God, I don't even know where I'm going to start with this. And I'm like, I know I can do it. And then like two days later I was thinking, I'm like, Oh my God, I know what I can do. And that's, you know just pops in my head then literally pops yeah i was yeah, gonna say no pops. no pun intended there right oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great um so um how i was saying what they would send you here you know if yeah. they wanted to uh get one made where do you prefer they get in touch with you at brian um i do most of my conversations through instagram or etsy either one is fine to message me uh, I prefer with Etsy if you're messaging me to send photos to my email um, because they're hard. Sometimes Etsy conversations cut off. So if I need to go back two weeks later and we talked a lot, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to see the pictures. Um, with Instagram, you can always go back and view pictures. So that's why I pref- I don't prefer one over the other. Um, but I do conversations on both. So when I take an order, I write it down in my book and I write an I or an E next to it. So I know where to look for said conversation. Okay. Yeah. Troy, we're, Troy, we're getting older and sometimes, you know, 
We need to yeah. do ourselves little tricks. <laughs> we are. I mean, we're not all as young and spry as Howie is. Yeah, no, I was just going to no. say, it's a shame you guys are getting older. I hate to hear that. this year, Howie, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Again, again. <laughs> well, you know what? That kind of reminds me of going back to your past a little bit. You know, Have you ever made like a, a figurine or a pops of you in an NBA uniform? I have not. No? I have not. Okay. No, I've never made a pop of me, although another creator that I'm friendly with, they did make a pop of me. Oh, oh get out. Yeah. Oh, Check my. Look at that. So, he's another pop creator. Um, He does mostly, like, horror and, like, gory stuff. So I have a saying when it comes to – I help – I support other creators just like me. We do the same thing, but we do a different – Right. Um, I have a phrase that's there's enough food for everyone to eat. And I believe if I help you, you know, even if you don't help me, I'm a karma based person. Uh, I put good out there. It'll help me. You know, it'll it'll help my karma. Sure. So um, he's very, you know, he does horror stuff. So I've had people ask me. I have a guy that does uh, sp- or, uh, specializes in anime. I don't mm-hmm. know anime very well. So mm-hmm. if people message me about getting anime pops done, I send them to him. Okay. People message me about horror, I send them to that guy. I have a woman that specifically does mermaids. Send them her, you know. It's just, you know, there's enough people that do enough different. Mm-hmm. I specialize in mostly, I, I call them portraits. Because, you know, people want, you know, their mom done. or I get a lot of in, in memory of requests. Oh, mm-hmm. I just did one for a uh, woman for the father. I've done five of one guy he, he wanted his brother done. For him, his brother's wife, and his two children, and then the mother, too. So he wow. gave them all gifts. So it, those ones mean a lot to me. You know, yeah. it's also the extra pressure of, I need this to be knocked out of the park. You know, I don't <laughs> want sure this, you know. But, uh, so, I mean, I, I specialize, I guess, in portraits, so... Okay. So, so is your background, um, I guess, is your expertise, I should say, uh, what is it in? Is it art? Is it uh, sculpting? And when did you know that you had this talent? So I had degrees in uh, small business management and uh, marketing. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> that leads right to sculpting, sure. I've always been artistic in a way. I, I prefer sculpting and painting as my medium. Um, I can draw a great Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle in probably like three minutes, <laughs> but uh, everything else, um, I prefer sculpting and painting because you can, when you're drawing, if you mess up, you have to erase or you have to go back. When you're painting, you can change it. Um, when you're sculpting until you harden that sculpt, mm-hmm. you can change it. Um, so I prefer that medium more than anything. And it, when I realized I could do it, um, like I said, in two, it was early 2000s, like 2000, 2001, I started doing WWE figures. Mm-hmm. That was more painting and Frankensteining parts than sculpting. And I just kind of started doing it. And you figure out little tricks as you go. I, I prefer to do little amount of sculpting as possible, more Frankensteining parts. But I've had, I just had a guy, and I don't have it right next to me, but uh, a guy wanted his brother down in a chef's hat. And I have a chef's hat. And, I mean, these pops' heads are huge. They're 90% head, you know. So I did the chef's yeah. hat you know, two inches off his head. And that's a lot of sculpting to get done. Wow. Uh, so I have little things like that to test me. And I enjoy doing it. And it, you find out, it's you know, trial by fire. You find out if you can or can't do it. 
And if I can't do something, I will let people know I don't do pets. That's the one uh, thing I will not do. It's so weird. People will hold uh, their pets to much more. I did one pet, and I will never do it again. <laughs> really? That the plastic and uh, clay were not fluffy. Oh, my. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, wow. Little PSAs. Plastic and, and clay cannot be fluffy, so I just right. feel like you know, I got to put that out there. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's messed uh, up. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Brian, Hallie touched on something here, and yeah, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to just walk over this real quick. We no, got to. We won't. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> so, Hallie asked if you had done a pop, <laughs> you in an NBA uniform. Yes, and there's sir. a story behind this, and we got to get into this. So there is a story behind this. I, I, I know a little bit about it. And I don't know how much is really more to it than what I know. Um, so the reason he asked that is because <laughs> in 1996, that's correct. <laughs> Brian Hurd decides to declare himself eligible for the NBA draft. That's all. <laughs> okay. Now, see, when I heard this, I'm thinking, okay, this dude's got some skills. Uh, he was probably, I, I never heard of you from Northern Lebanon being that I was from the same school. So I'm thinking, man, what did I miss? And, uh, and it's like, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm hearing this. I'm like, all right, I get to, I get to talk to this guy. I'm curious to hear how the draft went. I'm so, probably one so, of the top 10 basketball players from Fredericksburg, Pennsylvania. Okay. <laughs> so in the history of Fredericksburg. Oh, wow. All right. Now we're saying something. <laughs> wow. I mean, you were better than like, I don't know. Some of them chicken plant guys had to have some kids that were good at basketball. I, they lived outside of Fredericksburg. Oh, there you go. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, no, so what is the story behind this, really? Like, wh- how did this start? Was it a dare? Uh, what, what happened? You know, I, you know, you got to remember, Troy, this is 25 years ago, so I'm going to remember yep. as much as I can. Uh, I just remember we played, I played in a rec league in the Y. Mm-hmm. And we have a mutual friend, Chris, that, yep. you know, is a very unique individual. And, you know, <laughs> he is. And, yeah. you know, one of the best players in that in that rec league, you know, which was inner city kids and stuff. So he was like, you know what? You should enter the NBA draft. And I said, you know what? Let's do it. And uh, so I wrote a letter to the NBA declaring myself eligible for the NBA draft. And I got a letter back, you know, a couple weeks, months later. Um that said, you know, you will be part of the 1990, June, I think it was June 1996 NBA draft, uh, you know, and it's basically just declaring my eligibility um, where I'm still allowed to, uh, you know, until I sign an agent, I'm still allowed to do whatever I want kind of thing. <laughs> you could have um, backed out yet if you wanted to. Yeah, I could back out at right. any point, which was very important for me to know. <laughs> so I could uh, give, let Coach K know I'll show up, you know, in September for uh, games. But uh, right, um, so it just it was crazy, and it's just one of those really cool things. And then I started getting calls uh, from teams wanting me to come to work out, wanting me to come to try out. I know the Phoenix Suns was definitely one. The Detroit Pistons were one. Uh, Miami Heat. I think there was two or three others. Now, of course, I would love to have done this, but mm-hmm. they wanted to pay for my airfare and also pay for my lodging. I'm like, well, I can't do that. <laughs> um. And uh, then I was getting calls from people, um, agents and stuff. Who's your agent? Who's your agent? And me and my brother always joked about uh, – my brother is about 5'8", five 5'9". Five so I'm 6'4". So I'm much bigger than him. 
and uh, he always joked about we should lower the rim that we practice on to nine foot. <laughs> Sam, like a six nine, six ten power forward, you know, from like Croatia that no one's ever heard of. Say <laughs> <laughs> hey, my brother's, you know, six four, and I'm just like dunking over him all the time. Oh man! Make that video and send it into them. And I know we did like some kind of video at some point. I mean, I, I would have no I, I don't even have the letter anymore. I remember. Uh, it was in, how do you I not know. have that frame, Brian? It's funny. We had it on a plaque. We had it blown up, and then we had the letter in the class and. I had it in storage, and that storage shed got destroyed. Uh, so I don't even know where to. My wife saw it, and like that's the last person that's seen it. And I mean, we've been together for twelve years. So was that signed by David Stern? It, you know, it might have been. I think it was actually. Wow. Yeah, I think that was <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah, I think it was when Stern was still part of the NBA. So I mean, like here the Phoenix Suns are like looking into you, right? And instead, they draft some guy by the name of Steve Nash. I mean, I've never heard of him, but yeah. I, he might, you know, they might have gone a different direction. You know, they, I might have won three MVPs. He only won two. So now, would you, you have know, had any respect for any of these teams that they truly like were going to draft you, like I mean, without even seeing you or knowing you? <laughs> I mean, other than the bank, I would have had respect. But, uh, <laughs> well, oh. I, can a, I can fill a seat on a bench just as well as anybody. Heck yeah. <laughs> Yeah, hey, I'll even I'll even serve up the water if that's going to help me get on the bench, right? Yeah, I mean, I was I was the same size as Barkley, just you know, not as athletically gifted. But, uh. <laughs> so, um, I mean, here we the number one pick in that draft that that year, by the way, was Allen Iverson, and then we got some other names here. Right. Maybe heard, maybe you've heard of some of these guys like Marcus Camby, uh, Stephon Marbury, Ray Allen, uh, Antoine Walker. Uh, oh, and there's this other guy named Kobe Bryant. You ever hear of him? Uh, I don't he know. Sounds um, familiar. Uh, well, now, were you declaring right out of high school or what? Yes, yes. <laughs> Kobe, Bryant, Kobe Bryant won a Pennsylvania basketball player of the year. Um, so I feel like if he wasn't available, I might have had a chance. Well, you know so, what? Yeah. Maybe the fact that you're both from Pennsylvania caught the eyes of some of these yeah. folks. Yeah. yeah, what is going on with these high school basketball players in Pennsylvania? Yeah, right. <laughs> so I actually did get to play in a camp with Kobe. Oh, oh my gosh! Ninety-six. Yeah, summer ninety. Yeah, ninety-six. I got to play in a camp with them. Um, ABCD is in Diaz camp, an ABCD camp, and uh, I think it was right outside DC. And I just remember it. Quincy Watley was another one that was part of the camp, and I remember uh, Quincy Watley had a play where he jumped up, the guy blocked him, he came in the midair, comes around the guy and then dunks over him. And everybody oh on the floor was like, da-da-da, da-da-da. <laughs> and I played Kobe's team one game. Now, we both listed as the same position, small forward. Mm -hmm. And the, I remember they go, they go, okay, well, you match up against the other small forward. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not, no. <laughs> and the guy on my team's like, oh, I got him, I got him. I'm like, go ahead. It's all yours. Yeah. First time down the court, court, Kobe just blows right past him and dunks. And I'm like, I'm not. Yeah, that's not my problem. <laughs> like, uh, I can't have that on my team for the NBA. Yeah, but you, you know, know what, though? How cool was that for you to say that you got to play against Kobe Bryant? Yeah. I mean, like, he didn't dunk on me. Uh, you know, he didn't score on me. But, you know. Yeah. I owed him, I think, a few times. You know, he came past me. I'm like, I'm not stupid enough to jump in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> but it's incredible. Uh, I played basketball against thousands of different people and it's one of those things like you don't realize how different somebody like that is and i mean that was at 18 kobe at yeah. 25 you know wow 
you know, like they're just that different Ecleon. You don't even realize until you step on the yeah. court with someone like that. Yeah. So as soon, as soon as you saw him like play once, like make one move in front of you, you're like, oh wow, oh, this yeah. guy's different. Yeah. Oh yeah, like he, he he's was, a real deal. I think that Quincy Wadley went to Temple, but like okay. he, you know, like he was heads and shoulders above him. Oh, you know, my. like and you just couldn't. You, it looked like he didn't even have to dribble the ball to move. Like, he was running like a wide receiver with the ball. And you're wow. like, oh. no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Brian, that's an incredible story, Brian. I love it. And yeah. um, it's, it's, I'll, I'll always think of, of that story when I see you or hear your <laughs> name or anything. It's just, that's such a good story. Um, another thing that's close and near dear to your heart um, yeah. is, um, I'm going to mess up the pronunciation again. Is it, go ahead. You do it. <laughs> Uh, Larango, Malaysia. There you go. Larango, Malaysia. Yeah. Uh, they, they, a lot of people just call it LM, as you were saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about that and, and why that's so close to you. Sure. Um, my wife gave birth to my daughter in, uh, November 2017. Um, we were first time parents. So, and raising my daughter Jewish, uh, Jewish custom means you cannot have your nursery done before the baby comes home. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's basically like counting your chickens before they hatch kind of thing. So it's custom. So we had a storage shed, you know, across town, all stuff. They got We got out of Hershey Med at 9 o'clock at night. So there I am, 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, going through a storage shed trying to find stuff. <laughs> um, so luckily, I found a bassinet. I found, you know, enough to deal with through the night and, you know, grab my brother the next morning and go get stuff. But... You know, from day one, you know, she didn't, she didn't, babies are supposed to eat like 20, 24 ounces of formula or breast milk, whatever. And she was only eating like 12, 8 to 12. And she was tiny. She was tiny when she was one. She was full term, but she was tiny. Um, and she just wasn't eating. So we took her to our pediatrician and he told us that she's a bored eater. Now, my argument to this is, is this kid spent nine months in a womb, so what's she so bored about? You know, everything she's talking <laughs> about. Um, and then we, uh, we, had, we asked to see a different pediatrician in the same office, and this guy basically told us, we, was telling us, we don't know anything, we're first-time parents, we're worried, there, we have no reason to worry, uh, we just need to listen to him, do what he says, and we were both like, no. No, like this, you know, you're going to wait, you're, you're going to wait your feet down with rice. You're going to, no, we're not going to do any of this. Like we don't want to do this. Um, so we stopped seeing them. And then one night she had a blue spell. Now, when you hear a blue spell, you think blue likes, you know, you don't think, you know, like we took notes around her lips was blue or around her lips were blue. Um, and and then we took notice, like she was having very weird breathing patterns. So we took her immediately to the, um, emergency room, and it was all awesome. uh, Hershey Med basically saw that we had a two month or eight week, two month old baby in the emergency room. They swept us right back. It's high to uh, cold and flu season, you know. Oh, yeah, um, they swept us right back to the room. The kids' part uh, took a little while, but it was you know, we were there. Um, the, the doctor came in, you know, they looked, checked her out, and they go, We think she may have Loringa Malaysia. So I asked them, could you spell that number one? Because <laughs> I want to look it up and know everything about it. And then uh, number two, what is it? Um, so she told us we ended up going to uh, in Hershey to get her scoped where they diagnosed her as having laryngomalacia. 
Um, and you hate to have that happen, but as a first-time parent, you also feel justified that you're worrying. And you knowing what's best for your child, you weren't wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was very tough. And it changed us as parents. I went from, you know, thinking I have a 100% healthy daughter and never having, not never having to worry. Good Lord, as parents, we all do nothing but worry. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but, uh, you know, and to knowing more about Lorenga Malaysia than anybody ever should. Uh, I, I immersed <laughs> myself in it and I found a group online uh, coping with Lorenga Malaysia. It's a uh, nonprofit charity. And I joined the group, and it's funny they let me join, and my wife sent a uh, like a join thing, and they, they denied her. <laughs> I don't know why, um, but then I started talking to the the woman who runs it, Stephanie Houston, and she is amazing. She she's just in it to help. She has three of her four children have it. Um, wow. she's just in it to help. She wants you. And my wife and I have since been made uh, world leaders. I mean, this is a worldwide. Charity. Oh my gosh! Um, we become world leaders for them. Where people, you know, I'll get messages at two thirty, three o'clock in the morning, and I will wake up and I will help that person as oh much my. as I can. And it's sad because a lot of a lot of families they it's all on the mother, and um. So I always, anytime people are like, "How did fathers handle this? Why isn't my Why isn't my husband helping?" Um. I always tell them open line, your husband can reach out to me. Like any questions they have, anything they need support, they need someone to talk to, you know, like I will do it. Um, but I just want people to know, like as a first time parent, it's scary. It is scary. And, uh, trust your gut. Like you're not gonna, you're not going to be wrong. You're just not. No. And we found a great pediatrician, uh, Dr. Bartlett here in Palmyra. He's phenomenal, which he is, I have a friend who's 39, and that, that was her pediatrician. Oh, wow. So, yeah, and it's funny. The day he walked in to meet her, my daughter, the day he walked in, he goes, she sounds like she's wearing a Malaysia. Get out. The, the moment he walked in. Wow. He knew. And, like, he's been, you know, he'll tell us, you know, you, you may want to try this. And we're like, oh, we're doing this. And he goes, okay, if that works for you, awesome. I want you guys to do what works for you. He's like, if not, keep this in your back pocket opposite of the pediatricians we saw before where they're like, you're going to do what I tell you to do. So, and you know, like don't give up. Don't, if you don't like your pediatrician, if it is a personal health, if you don't like your doctor, go see someone else. Yeah. Find somebody else, you know, especially with your children. You're the only person that can, you know, speak for them. Right. Especially at that age. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what were some of the, I mean, you said about the, the blueness around her Mm -hmm. her lips and stuff like that. What, what are some other warning signs in that? uh, Brian, there's three kinds. Uh, I'm only specialized in Orangal Malaysia, which has to deal with the larynx. Um, mm-hmm. You have tracheal, tracheal Malaysia and bronchial Malaysia. They're all abbreviated LM, BM, TM. Mm-hmm. Um, what, so we thought, you know, as parents, when she was sleeping, she was snoring like a, like a little bulldog. Mm-hmm. And you think it's adorable. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's sleeping. You know, well, number one, as a parent, you're just happy your kid's sleeping, so maybe you can sleep. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> No, number three, three hours. You're like, oh yeah, you're like, oh my god, you know, just so so happy she's sleeping. But you know, you think it's adorable, and she would sleep on my. Ch- she had her days and nights mixed up when she first came home. 
So mm-hmm. at 40 years old, I'm sleep. I'm staying awake overnight from 11 at night till seven in the morning with her. Yeah. Yep. That was tough. <laughs> um, yeah. But when she'd sleep on my chest, you know, I'd be like, oh, this is adorable. But we would always, I'd always have to have her on my chest because when she's sleeping, when she's sleeping in the position she was sleeping in, her, lar- her the her floppy floppy larynx um, yep. didn't bother her. And as soon as you'd lay her down, that's when it would bother her. Okay. So when, whenever we'd lay her down, she'd pop right up. So, you know, eight hours of sitting there with a child watching Scrubs at three thirty in the morning. I mean, like, you know, you're going to start to go a little crazy at times. Um, it was until New Year's, actually New Year's Eve. Um, and I know they've taken them off the market, but these things called uh, rock and plays. We put her in the rock and play and she slept for four hours laying in it. And then that night we put her to bed, bed next to us. And I woke up at eight o'clock in the morning in the biggest panic in the world because she hadn't woken up. Mm. And I jumped up and I ran over and I was like, oh my God, she's fine. She's just sleeping. Yeah. But. For the next three months, I slept her with her right next to me with my hand on her yep. while she slept. Yeah, and I, I still I still check on her every night before I go to it's, bed. I mean, every. and now and now she just had her fourth birthday. You said right? So yeah, yeah, so yeah. Happy birthday to her. Yeah, but, um, is I, I guess at this point there's no cure for it, but a, a lot no. of the hope is that most of the kids grow out of it. Correct. 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 Mo- a majority of them grow out by their first or second birthday. Um, some children and even teens will deal with it you know for a while maybe even their whole life so once um, they diagnose lot, it then how do they how do they treat it uh it's not really treating as much as dealing with it mm. um there's not a whole or lot of soothing it right i believe now we didn't have they they can put supras in uh for children that have it um, that will help them. Uh, a lot of times it causes uh, feeding issues in children, which is probably why my daughter had a feeding issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but as they, you know, you get to the point where your kid's not on the charts for weight or height or they're mm-hmm. malnourished, that they will put, you know, a feeding device on them to help them eat. Um, luckily, we never got to that point. Um, but it, it's tough. Like, you know, you, you weigh the pros and cons. My daughter's tiny. She just is. Um, I always joke with people when they see her, they're like, wow, she's so tiny. And I go, like her daddy, you know. <laughs> um, she's petite, like her daddy. Yeah. But uh, it's funny because I was very petite till I was like six. So I always joke with people. I'm like, she's going to be a beast when she gets older. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, we had to deal with she was on the charts, but just barely. Right. But the the thing is, is she keeps on her own path. Like she hasn't deviated from that. So that's what they look for with us now. And now that she has grown out of it, we got her scoped in June and they said they'd see no signs of it, which I'll tell you, like holding her tight while they stick a scope up her nose and down, mm-hmm. her nose, man, I see, you know, her cries and her twitching around, man, that's, that kills you as a parent. Oh, uh, I, I know. I, I even, I remember just routine vaccinations and stuff yeah. like i'm like oh my gosh this is you you start a tears. Tears, so they don't have to take one you know like yo you would take all the hurt in the world like you take every day waking up in pain if they went have to feel a minute uh, i'll, I'll you know? never forget my when my yeah. first daughter was born and i took her in for her first set of shots and stuff like that like her and like tears come down your eyes and you feel like such yep. a jerk <laughs> yeah yeah uh Wow. But, but yeah, someday like, when you 
someday when you have kids, how you'll know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 22 and uh, 18, buddy. Or 21 and 18, I should say. Yeah. Wow. My yeah, nephew yeah. my nephew just turned 21. And uh, he goes out. He goes. So he lived. Just a quick story. He lives in Arizona. Hmm. Great hmm. weather. Where does he go to school? In Iowa. Oh, what the gosh. heck is he thinking? Playing football. We're like, bro, like, no, you don't go to Iowa to play football. Like, there's no. Just, I don't care if it's I hope he's playing football. for University of Iowa. No, 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 no. It's like Simpson College. Oh, you know what? Then that's just dumb. Exactly. That's what I tried to tell him, too. <laughs> I'm like, you want cold? Come out to Pennsylvania. I'll move to Arizona. Yeah, right? Yeah. I know. Uh, so, so um, Brian, with the LM, if, if yeah. people want to learn more about this or if they want to even yeah. donate to the cause or anything like that, yeah. um, what, what's, what are some ways they can do this? So, I will always have something on my Instagram with Coping with Learning in Malaysia. Um it's it's a giant word you'll never be able to spell Scrabble just because there's, you know, it's just... But I will always have a link on my Instagram for coping with wearing a Malaysia. I will always have uh, fundraisers, anything we do. Um, my wife and I did over the summer, I believe. It was National Airway, National Airway Disorder Day. I believe it's in July. Um, we did... My wife did a, uh, um, like, a donation thing and i also donated 10 percent of my business to them and we raised i believe it was 1600 dollars we raised for them in a month wow. um and that was awesome and the thing is like it's 30 dollars will provide them with one of their like wellness packs which is you send it's pajamas it's a little stuffed animal mm-hmm. um just to help kids when they're in the hospital yeah. you know <laughs> it's it, it's such a such a great cause the woman who runs it after we were diet you know after we were cleared in june we met her she lives in jersey so we met her at the beach and, you know got to hang out with her daughter and her family and you know i got to see you know like these kids can be fine mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um you get to see the end result of what you fight so hard for yeah and but, you know i will always have something on my instagram with the coping with learning in Malaysia. My wife also will too, which she's in all my stuff too. So you click anything with mine and I'll show her. <laughs> hey, what one one more thing with that, Brian. Yeah. Um that that had to be a little bit more scary for you during COVID, I'm thinking. Well we what well yeah, I mean when she was diagnosed in twenty seventeen, COVID didn't exist, you know. Right. Uh, but with twenty twenty, when that rolls around, we had to be super hesitant with everything. Yeah. We yeah. did not – I'm the only one that left the house. My wife went from February – I think she went a year without leaving the house. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And that was because <laughs> if one of us had to go out, it, it was going to be me because I didn't know – I was working retail at the time. I didn't know if I was going to go back to working retail. So mm-hmm. I might as well be the one that ventures out. Um, and it's my daughter not going to playgrounds, not yep. – so finding all these things to do with a two- and three-year-old, you know, aren't – and if she would have caught COVID, she may have had to have been intubated. And yeah. intubating a child like that, they may not be able to do it. Huh. Yeah, that's, and that's, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, you know, if this has something to do with your your, your breathing yep. and stuff like that, yep. and that's one of the main things that COVID attacks, like that had to mm-hmm. be something that was pretty worrisome for you, really. Yep. Absolutely. So, and well, even today, my wife and I, we wear masks everywhere. Yeah. As soon as we walk into a place, 90% of them have hand sanitizer. We use it. Um, if you ask my daughter, why does she wear a mask? She'll say she, at 
three years old she gets to protect myself and to protect others. Okay. So, I mean, it, we also, you know, until the vaccines came out, she didn't see her grandparents. You know, yeah. it's tough. You know, it's it, and because of that, she also hasn't got to interact with other children. Yeah. So she interacts better with adults than she does with other children because she's dealt with us. She's dealt with grandparents, older family members now. But yeah. like kids, she gets freaked out by. She does ice skating now. So she gets oh, to that's help. Good. Yeah, it's it's crazy to see a little kid ice skating and you know. <laughs> so is she starting to kind of get a yeah, little bit more yeah. safely? We with, got her back yeah. into we do ice skating, we do uh kinder music with her. Um mm-hmm. we try to do as much as we can. We take her to uh where the wild things play in Palmyra, we've taken her to a trampoline park. My kid is the most high energy kid. People will tell you that, but then people see my kid and they're like, You weren't kidding and I'm like, No. <laughs> 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 and ran for an hour straight just non-stop and we're like thank uh, god I was blessed with this child at 40 and not 20 yeah, <laughs> and, it's, yeah. And, it's, and you know and you know what and it's good to see her driving after oh, yeah. you know big yeah. diagnosed with the lorengo malaysia actress yeah. at that time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no she has great personality she's funny um she just you know she she is the most important thing in my, me and my wife's world, as she should be. Sure. And when COVID happened, you know, it was scary for us. Yeah, as a friend, everybody. But yeah, I remember. I remember reading a few of your posts. Um, you know, when COVID had started, and, and kind of saying, you know, about your daughter's condition and how that was. Yeah. So I, I remember all that. Um, I guess one more thing I wanted to uh, before we wrap up on the uh, Lorango Malaysia here. Um, <laughs> is that hereditary, or how? How did, <clears throat> is that? Nobody knows. Okay. So when when she was in the womb, when my wife was pregnant with her, my wife had high fluid, which actually has been linked a little bit to Lorango Malaysia. Hmm, so um, it's hard to say because a lot of people, like I was saying, a lot of people will pass off. I could have been born with it. I could have had it. But my, right. mother, my mother may have just, the pediatrician may have told her, he's just a bored, bored eater. He, yeah. you know, he'll be fine. He'll grow out of it. You know, so the yeah. problem is, it's, like, it's not a people when they look at my daughter, they go, oh, she looks good. She looks healthy and she does. It's not a noticeable, you know, something wrong with her that people will notice. So it, right. even when a kid has it, you don't know just by looking at them. Yeah, like my children, when they were born, for some reason, they all had really bad acid reflux. And sometimes sometimes it makes me wonder, and sometimes it makes me wonder, like talking to you now, I'm like, was it that? Because, like, my one daughter, she would not sleep unless we held her. She literally wow. would not sleep. So I'm just wondering, like, yeah, could, could it have been something it else? Like, you, and, you know? and it goes from mild to, you know, like, very bad. Um, mm-hmm. And my, my daughter was diagnosed as mild, but we feel she was more, like, middle ground with it because mm-hmm. of the acid reflux issues. Huh. She still takes medicine for acid reflux. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, it's one of those things we don't know. They just did a scope on her, and they said it's well-maintained, but we don't. they want to try to wean her off of it. Mm-hmm. But it's like the problem with weaning her off of it is we've done that before, and when it goes bad, it takes a while to build it back up. Mm. And she's already a skinny mini, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Skinny, so... Oh, well, hey, thanks for bringing awareness to that because I yeah. really did not know a lot about that. And um, it sounds like it's a lot more common than people probably think it is, really. It absolutely um, is. Absolutely. Yeah, it seems like it. 
It's not talked um, about because there's no physical manifestation of it. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, you'll see children with feeding tubes because of it and things like that. But um, even crazier is the day she was born, I we were at Hershey Med and uh, not proud of it. I am a smoker, but I would walk outside, you know, and I'd walk. When I'd walk outside, I'd walk right past the children's cancer wing. And, mm-hmm. you know, my child was just born. So, you know, you're just happy your child's born. But then you see something like that. And um, I have hair down in the middle of my back now. Um, and when I walked outside, I go, that's the least I can do is donate my hair. Okay. And COVID hit, and I'm like, well, I might as well grow it longer. I'll cut it off this summer. And then I'm like, yeah, I made it through the summer. I might as well let it grow again. <laughs> So by the time I donate my hair, you know, I'm going to have two feet of hair to donate. And wow, it's just little things like that, that, you know, like, uh, I just want to make a difference for children and people, you know, I want to help people. Right. Yep. That's really cool. That's, that's, that's a good story. I mean, talk about um, making something positive out of negative, right? Yeah. 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 And that's a lot of, a lot of my, even with my business, it's a lot of it's, a lot of it's thanks to my wife, Mm -hmm. you know? She's the one that convinced me to do this. And your, you know, your wife's a bit of a celebrity herself, right? She is. She is she's YouTube famous. Um, Life.w.lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y. Um, she just started getting monetized through YouTube fairly recently. Um, she is. She does crafting. She does diamond painting, which if you're not familiar with it, it's almost yeah. like paint by number, but with like jewels. Okay. So. Oh. Uh, she also does crocheting. She does uh, all kinds of crafting on her channel. Wow. Um, but she kind of inspired me to get my own YouTube channel. I have a whole whopping 70 followers. Um, <laughs> so, uh, um, you know. Got to start I, somewhere, I, Brian. You know I, it. I, you know, I do it for fun. I do it for fun. Yeah. Um, you know, I do my business for everything else. I do that for fun. I put one video up a month right now. You know, I just okay. don't have time to do it. Um, but you know, my wife, you know, when I was born, when the baby was born, she kept calling me the data monster, data monster. So that's when I started the data monster Instagram. And I wanted it to be more like, Hey, I'm a father. This is my stuff I'm dealing with. And then it turned my business from there. So, and what is her uh, channel again? Life L I F E dot W dot Lindsay L I N D S A Y. Okay. And Hallie's like looking this up as we're on here oh, right that's now. Fine. So like, that's fine. She's, she's going to gain another follower. Yeah, right. she has, uh, I, you know, she. I have almost twelve hundred followers on Instagram, and she has almost two thousand. So, wow. wow, good for her. Yeah, I want to throw some of them your way, Brian. Yeah, I, yeah anyway, I do, I do have a lot of crafters that follow me because of her. So, yeah, her uh, when she goes live on Instagram, I'm part of the. Uh, her YouTube videos, I'm usually here when she's filming them, so I'm chiming in even though she's probably getting mad at me because I'm knowing <laughs> random stuff in the background. Yeah, it looks like uh, the one the one here is she's unboxing Mary's Diamonds, yep. and, it, and it has a ton of your uh, Pops uh, figurines oh, yeah, in the she background. Filmed, she filmed with my Pop wall. Oh, okay. Yeah. Smart. I smart. Yeah. yeah. So, I like it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, she, uh, we've done, I've done a few videos on her channel too. So okay. we used to do HelloFresh. I, we've done an unboxing of that. Um, I did an unboxing of one of her diamond paintings, even though I don't know what I'm talking about. I still did it. <laughs> um, but uh, people, you know, it's crazy. People that don't know you in person, online, Instagram, YouTube, they treat you like family and they've never met you in person. Yeah. You know, 
it's crazy how like friendships like that work. That is. Yeah. Yep. It really is. It really is. Uh, we've met a lot of amazing people doing this podcast and, and we still keep in touch with them and it's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it's, um, it's insane. You know, like you've never met each other in person, but like, you yeah. know, good people when you meet good people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. We're learning. Um, yeah. We're so learning yeah. that people, uh, in Nashville really like us. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, we, we get all the country music artists from Nashville. <laughs> I don't. It ain't yeah. nothing wrong with that, guys. No, no. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so we're talking about Brian Herr, Data Monster himself, and you can find him on Instagram, Data Monster. Uh, his Etsy is, uh, Data Monster Customs. He has a YouTube channel, as you said, that's Data Monster as well. Uh, hey, guess what? You can even find him on Facebook at Data Monster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm seeing, I'm seeing some sort of routine, some sort of pattern here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think you could, I, you know, even on the ad that you sent us there, Brian, you could even just, um, just Google Data Monster, and it'll take yep. you right to your your stuff there. That's right. Yeah. Um, the Google machine, as you call it. The Google machine, yes. <laughs> um, I so, actually just got trademarked yesterday, the seventh. Wow! Look at Congrats. that. Yeah. Yep. It was a I uh, March twenty fifth is when I first filed, and then it was a ton of paperwork, and oh, I wow. got published in the trademark association yesterday. So good for that you. That is great. Yep. So, um, yeah, so you're saying your, your custom designs here, your, your custom pops, I guess I should say, started around the $125 mark, but as you yes, add sir. more to that order, that price could come down with discounts and such. Um, so, again, Brian, real quick, um, just kind of tell people uh, if they want to message you on Instagram, that's that's a good way, or Etsy fine as well. All right, and uh, that was our interview with Brian Herr, and uh, he had some cool stories in there. I liked, uh, I liked the uh, NBA draft thing. I know. Wasn't that something? That's, oh, yeah. that's, uh, that, like I said, you know, when I was talking to him, like anytime I hear the name Brian Herr, that's going <laughs> to always be the first thing that pops into my head. Cause that was such, he was like, you know, I think I was in ninth or 10th grade. I was like a year or two behind him. Yeah. Here he is. Like we got this senior in high school and yeah, like granted we knew he wasn't going to get drafted or anything like that, but just to, to hear that you're part of the NBA draft or whatever, your name's in the bucket or whatever, like that's so cool, you know? Well, what I also thought um, was cool was he had the opportunity to play on the same court with uh, Kobe. Yes, he did. Yeah, so that's something you'll never be able to take away from. Oh him, my you know? gosh, no, um, no! And I would yeah. have loved to have been like courtside and just watching him play, much less playing against him. Jeez, I know. Um, and then you know, hearing from him there, you know, just you could tell how different of a talent he was compared oh, to everybody else. Yeah, even the best of the best in high school. And he was still so much better than them. I mean, that just just goes to tell you, you know, mm-hmm. what, what he was about to become. Yeah, um, um, I would always rank, and I don't know how you feel about this, but when you think about those NBA players, uh, mm-hmm. and maybe this is just the old school in me, but uh, I would rank Jordan and Bryant over LeBron any day. I would too, and um, you know. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind at this point that uh, I would definitely have LeBron in my top five for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, with, with Kobe, it was what they called the Mamba mentality. And with Jordan, didn't really have a, uh, a, a name like the Mamba mentality. But it, it was the Mamba mentality before before Kobe had it. And that was just this killer instinct yeah. to be able to put your opponent down and usually have them beat before you even stepped on the court, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah, you, you had the, you know what I mean. Like they knew in their mind going into that game that they weren't going to beat. You. Like, there, yeah, there's a there's a few players in my head. Like 
um, back, you know, you put the ball in their hands with little time left, like mm-hmm. Kobe, like Michael, um, and I mean, geez, even go to Magic and and people like that, or even, and then go into football, Tom Brady, um, Joe Montana, Aaron Rodgers, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Those are people you don't want to have a ball <laughs> in their hands and in control with little time left in the game because you yep. know they're just going to figure out a way to win. And yep. uh, yeah, wow, no difference there. My gosh, nope. So, but uh, yeah, so so Brian had that opportunity to play with Kobe Bryant. So yeah, that, that was a cool experience. But um, yeah, you can find him on uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube at Data Monster on Etsy, Data Monster Customs, and you can hit him up on any of those platforms really. But Kind of prefers Etsy, um, kind of the easiest way for him to um, mm-hmm. to get in touch with people, I guess, and uh, to kind of set up his uh, his purchases and such. Um, but on Etsy, it's Data Monster Customs, um, and also, you know, uh, we learned a little bit about the uh, the disease that um, his daughter grew up with was uh, Larango Malaysia, mm-hmm. and uh, very interesting to hear about that and, and about the different forms that it has as well. So, I mean, some, some are, you know, at the, at the larynx yeah. and some are, you know, more in the throat, I guess, um, different, different parts of the throat, I guess. And, uh, you know, it, it makes me wonder sometimes, you know, between like, um, uh, the reflux and, um, different breathing things that you hear with your kids when they're growing up. And sometimes it exactly. just hear, you know, because when they're first born, like they have like this, uh, it almost has like this natural congestion in their lungs. Yet right. it's probably from the flu and from being in the womb and stuff like that. And uh, it just makes you wonder if, like he said, if if you have an in, if you have an instinct or if you feel something's not quite right, you're probably right, and you should get it looked at. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah better safe than sorry. Sometimes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Better. Better safe than sorry. Get mm-hmm. it looked into, and even if you're not happy with the first doctor that you look into maybe get a second opinion or a third opinion until you finally feel like you have peace of mind yeah um because i know as a parent if i had a feeling that something wasn't right and i went to get it looked at and they said no no everything's okay you're fine and then you find out later that maybe your instinct was right um you don't want that regret (laughs) no yeah you're probably not going to be able to live with yourself very much you know you're you're gonna that's always going to be in the back of your head um, so definitely, you know, do your due diligence and, and do it until you get peace of mind. And, um, you know, as he was saying, Lorengo Malaysia is, is a lot more common than what we think it is actually. Um, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes it doesn't even go, uh, diagnosed. Yeah. Um, so look into that. And once again, thanks Brian for coming on the show. It was a lot of fun talking to you. It was great catching up with you. I hadn't seen you in forever. Um, so, uh, with that being said, Howie, um, Guess we have another guest coming up here in a little bit. We do. Uh, we're still trying to work out all the details. Yeah. But as of right now, she's um, a. Co- I, I guess we could say she's the writer of a song. She is a writer uh, of not only a song, Troy, but she is the writer of a song in the top fifteen iTunes charts. And when we say top fifteen, we're talking about. Um, like in a chart that's above what Tim McGraw and uh, and other major artists, and this isn't just country. Uh, this is this is in all genres, and she and her and uh, I guess the singer is Jeremy Rowe, but she wrote the music, right. and uh, or she wrote the lyrics, I should say. And uh, yes, yeah, I mean, geez, 
uh, big time here. We are going somewhere, aren't we, Howie? I think we are. <laughs> I think we are. So, yeah, we're going to have her on uh, really soon. We're still working out all the details. Um, but um, it'll be great to hear kind of maybe what went into the songwriting mm-hmm. process and just kind of catch up with Taylor Marie Wagner. Yeah, and I don't know and, if you uh, remember how the, she's been doing. Yeah, I was just going to say, you remember the last time we talked with her? Um, she was actually scheduled to play in Lancaster, uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, yes. Which is right up the road from us, and uh, and I want to I want to follow up with that because I want to see if she's ever going to come out here again, uh, or maybe because you know now she's going big time on us, maybe she'll be playing in the main uh, stadium at Hershey Park Arena or something. I don't know. There, you, there you go. <laughs> yeah, but it'll, it'll, it'll be good to catch up with her. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, what it's probably been. It's been about a year. a year since we talked to her. Yeah, I was going to say it's probably been about a year. So. Uh, be good to catch up with her and see how things are going and mm-hmm. uh love to hear her songwriting process here on some of these songs like yeah. um i think last time we talked to her we were talking to her more from a um a performance point of view but i'd like to maybe get into her songwriting side here a little if bit if i remember correctly i do remember talking to her about like she does take uh she said in some cases she takes more pride in her songwriting i um, do remember that yeah and yep. uh so right here is just case in point you know Prime uh, example. Yep, prime example. And by the way, when you start seeing these songs in the top 15s, that's going to start knocking on the doors of some other singers that are going to want her to write for her. And uh, yeah, we might be seeing a lot of these artists in the near future saying, hey, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Hey, how cool would it be, Howie? And, and I think we've talked about this before, but if some of our other guests that we've had would kind of get in touch with guests such as taylor marie wagner and they would kind of collab on stuff that would I be know, really cool i know i agree <laughs> well i was thinking too and uh we'll play this uh song as we play out of our um program for the week but uh but this new song that she she wrote jeep girl uh mm-hmm. i can actually see this becoming a commercial song for jeep yeah yeah absolutely you know? yeah i could see that as well <laughs> Yeah, and even the even the video of it like kind of all coincides, you know, um, with something you might see on a commercial or something. Yeah, stuff. yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely check it out. Uh, Jeep Girl by Jeremy Rowe, mm-hmm. written by uh, former guest of the show and and future guest, I guess, uh, and current friend <laughs> and current friend Taylor Marie Wagner. Yeah. So, uh, Allie, the platform's all yours. Go ahead and play it. All and, right, uh, buddy. So yeah, we'll play it out, and uh, you're once again listening to. Uh, Jeep Girl, sung by Jeremy Rowe, written by Taylor Marie Wagner. So uh, until next week, folks, stay tuned. And oh, by the way, I guess we're coming up on Christmas. So, um, you know, make sure, you know, (laughs) make sure you get your uh, holiday shopping in, guys. And if you need my address to mail any gift cards or whatever, (laughs) you just message me and I will hook you guys up. So hey, I'll tell you one more thing, Howie, before we play that. Um, yeah. I'm going to add this song also to our Spotify list. So oh. that'll be on there as well. Awesome. <laughs> Excellent. Good call. All right. Until uh, next time, folks, stay tuned. She's one of a kind, just my style. Sweetest can be, but has a wild side You can give her a call, she'll give you a jump And help you out if you get stuck Can't be tamed, meant to run free I'm so glad she's riding with me She's rolling around, it likes 